amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You are listening to a podcast, not just any podcast, but the 98th podcast of the Something On My Mind program. I am David. I'm Chase. I'm Sierra. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. In this show, we cover all things finance, so that can mean anything from the stock market, 401ks, IRAs, budgeting, crypto, you name it the stock market, we have the uh, job market, we have inflation, and we also talk about big purchases such as weddings in life. So what we're doing here is giving you this information so that you can improve your financial fitness. And we like to do all of this with a little side of humor. Now, if there's something that we don't cover and you want to know more, you can submit a question to the show by going to somethingonmymind.net. And please follow us on all social media platforms, including Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at somm.podcast. All right. Awesome. So what are we covering today? Our topic is on weddings. So we know that uh, during 2020, weddings were pushed down a bit and there were some changes because people frankly couldn't have them. But we're also going to look at some things about how weddings are happening now. Or are there any changes, any trends? And uh, we'll see where we go from there. And we have a special guest today. Her name is Sierra Carter, and she is from a podcast called Run, Thrive, Survive. And I was actually on her show last week, and we kind of talked on the background about weddings. So we thought, well, why don't we bring this up? Because she's a, an appropriate age where weddings happen a lot, along with Chase. And so we thought this would be a great topic for the week. All right, now we're going to go on to the round table. And this week, Chase, we were kind of bullshitting about three or four different things, and I spun the wheel, and this is what I'm going to land on. And All right. I don't know where this came up. We were talking the other day about uh, kind of like the Matrix. Sierra, have you seen the Matrix? Do you know what that movie's about? Oh my gosh! Don't don't hate me. I haven't seen it, but I know what it's about. I know what it's about. I haven't seen it though. That's fair. All right, it's okay. that's okay. <laughs> we won't hold it against you yet. <laughs> well, in that movie though, there's something Chase and I were talking about eating, right? And that yep. do you really need all the food that you eat? Because all you do is process it and basically crap it out, right? And well, so, you know, being in the nutrition field, I'm going to go with no. <laughs> you do not yeah. need all that food you eat, especially <laughs> if you look what the food is. You don't need it. <laughs> well, then we, you know, Chase, now you were talking something, you brought up the word soylent. Yeah, we, um, we were snacking on these little like gluten free cookie bite things and there's like oats and like dark chocolate or something but they're just these like perfectly cut little cubes and i was like in the future we might just be eating these just like one a day or like one per meal just eat this thing it takes like four seconds and you have all the nutrients you need you know to be honest with you i thought you were going a different way with that because this is a finance podcast i thought you were going to be talking about inflation and how that's gonna be the only <laughs> thing we're going to be able to afford in that, the future. you know just however we get there However we get there, we might. Well, eating healthy isn't cheap. But the thought was, and now in this in this movie, basically, I'm not going to go through it, but they pull people out of the, their brains are tied into the computer world, right? It's a computer program, but it looks like real life. And you don't know the difference. And then you come out of the matrix, right? And then you're like the real person. Your conscious level is there to the real world. But when they go to eat, um, for this guy for the first time, Neo, which is um, Keanu Reeves, they're eating this, it goes down to this thing and they're in this, you know, ship and they just knock out this stuff that looks like a bunch of snot. It's like basically, you know, the guy's like something to the effect of it. It almost tastes like um, tasty wheat if you close your eyes. So it's just, 
it's it's horrible looking and the guy's like well basically it's like amino acids and uh, enzymes just this uh, anything the body needs and it's just in this little slush and so the thought process is could we really in life actually create that now where you didn't have to go eat all the food and crap it out and you could just take a little cube like chase set or some kind of little suction and you'd be done. But- well, you know, I think it's kind of, I think that's a really interesting point because like right now the way all this GMO modified food are going, we're trying, it's like, we're almost trying to go that way, but we're just not quite there where beyond Meat. let's take beyond meat. For example, we've created beyond Meat. like beyond meat was not a natural thing. We couldn't find not natural cows for, meat and steak burgers right like 10 years ago uh well maybe 10 years ago but like back when in the hunting days and now we have this like beyond meat that's supposed to be reducing the amount of cows we kill for steak and trying to replace meat in our diet but it's actually not even technically the beyond meat burger is not even that much better for you but than steak or regular steak but at the same time it's still something new and modified that we did So we are going that way, but it's just a matter of, is it going to even be good for us? I don't know. Now, well, no, not necessarily now, but like internally, I guess for the footprint on the planet. Yeah. Um, I guess the part of our, our, our discussion kind of went down this other thing though, of like, this would never happen to some degree to a large degree thing, because then people wouldn't go and buy as much stuff. You wouldn't need to, somebody made it for you. Like you wouldn't go out to dinner. Right, you wouldn't go like everything. This is true. The restaurant business would be down the drain, and the and the farming could be okay, right? But you just don't go to roadside standing and buy some corn and some peppers at harvest time because you're just you're just drinking snot every day. Dead and like I I think if anything like nobody's gonna want to do that because who would rather eat a little just cube of Soylent instead of a burger or something, or like even a Beyond Burger, whatever it is. Like there's like an experience, if you will, just when you eat a meal and then you just have this little cube, there's like that entire part of it is gone. There's like no joy in it. I I would assume at that point. Did you guys ever see those like water balls that they were trying to push for a long period of time? Like they're like gel encased. I'm not sure they're like a membrane, and instead of carrying a regular water bottle around, you would carry these membrane ball things in like a tube and you would like pop one in your mouth. And it was what they said, the perfect amount of water you need per hour. Those didn't that's really take off. Right. Yeah. So like if you don't know what I'm talking about, like that, that's exactly my point where you'd almost if you want to drink or eat this the snot and not have burgers and fries and going out with family and friends, you'd have to make it this whole social trend, which we can see a lot of different things have happened with, but you'd have to make it this whole new social norm where it's like, Oh, you no longer need to eat actual food. This is all you need. And you need to make it that cool social trend type of deal. I mean, you we know, got people to, to eat Tide Pods as, as a joke. So I'm sure we could get them to eat a little Tide already- Pods full of water. <laughs> Hey, we're already halfway there yeah we'll have to sacrifice nine or ten deaths to get there right yeah you ever think yep. about like all these things today that happen and you're thinking all the people wait like when you're watching something on national geographic or and you're like oh this is really cool how they do that and you realize how many people died to get there to get the knowledge not to do this or that you just someone yeah, has to you go know, think about how much like there. testing and and how many experiments it, it has to go through that's just everything like if you think about it the hard lessons hard lessons people have learned that we have to learn from because there's like two types of things we either have to learn them for ourselves or we learn them through other people and the only ones that we learn through other people are the things that have ended up drastically wrong for other people well let's just hope it's somebody else and not you right (laughs) exactly that's that's exactly the point (laughs) yeah it's much easier when you're observing so yeah i you know i i don't know i don't I guess, but to be honest, there are times like where I don't eat a giant diet. I just don't consume a lot of calories anymore, but there's t- like today I didn't eat anything till th- I ate two small things, but I didn't really eat anything that of substance till three, which is not great necessarily. Now, if I had Soylent snot, that would have been a good day for me to do it. Like it would be something <laughs> I would incorporate in my life once in a while just to get through it. Like no different than me making tea every day. I could just suck it down and be good. So I, to me, it's something I would consider doing if they had it. And I know they're trying to do that, but um, I think more people would do it than you think. 
So let me ask you this. In the perfect world, if we were on this, now I'm curious, would this be something you only had to eat once a day? Or would you have to have it three meals a day? We have to completely abolish the traditional three meals a day and snacking. Uh, I'm assuming it might be a few times, but it's, I mean, again, at least remember, we're just taking this from the matrix and it's, it was a little dish like. <laughs> no, I'm saying, I'm saying in the, our perfect world, <laughs> what would you assume? <laughs> I guess maybe they can make it flavored. So if it's really good, you want, maybe you'll eat it more than once a day. It would you know, it it suck too, though. Like think about like, I mean, I guess it's not really like that many um, activities that you eat while you're doing them, but like at the movies, like you just, you just can't do that anymore. Or so you just, you, you eat your Soylent cube at the movies for the day and like just save it until you get there. Like I thought this, this Soylent had extra butter. Or they, or they just take like one big cube and then they just like chop into a bunch of tiny cubes. So it's like your popcorn instead. It's just like little like Tic Tac like size. perfect serving. This is yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, I guess they could do true. that. Or make it like pudding. So instead of eating popcorn, we're eating pudding now at movie theaters. You could do that too. Well, maybe instead of, raisinets, instead of raisinets, they call it Soylinets or something. Yeah, just little little nuggets of Soylent. <laughs> and you can't ruin so it with that, with that gross salt. You know, that like jalapeno white cheddar yeah, the... fake salt that we put on the popcorn? Soylent we salt. We can no longer ruin that. <laughs> I know. It's, I mean, because there's nothing like a good, to me, like a good glass of wine. Like there's things in life that it's part of the experience that you get that you just, I guess that's drinking, but you, I guess you wouldn't do it. It just would never happen. I mean, there's no way. Well, if you, if you tried to take away a hamburger and like a good hamburger and fries for me, or even like a good steak and fries, I don't think I could do it. I I'm just too in love with those two pieces of food. All right, so you are, you are a healthy eater and you're a, a run thriver and a survivors, but you still yes. eat meat. Okay. Big time. I do. I do. So fun fact, I actually almost died, died. Well, I almost died the time I tried to go vegan. So I've never been back. <laughs> my iron dropped so low because my body can't retain iron without the heme iron and meat. Oh, okay. So that's when you so. eat like an impossible burger. They actually put heme in there. So that would do it for you. Yeah, no, I've heard that. I definitely have heard that. They, they've been doing that. I've had a few impossible burgers. Still well, then there's probably a good Soylent cube for you for sure then. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. If you can give me a vitamin heme so so um soylent cube, I'm good I'm good to go all day long. All right, so I think the official podcast position is this is a 25% plausibility in some shape or form, yeah. but it's never going to happen or economically be <laughs> relevant. That's what I, we're going. Uh, yeah, with. I would agree with that. All right. So let's move on then. And speaking of heme, um I don't think they serve that at weddings, but I know they still serve um, chicken and usually it's prime rib and there's that dude with the white hat and he's got the au jus and he's like, you know, sir, would you like a slice? And you know, there's a little fat on it and you know, you're just, then you got the mashed potatoes and probably a little broccoli, right? Just full of the, the basic wedding stuff, right? Absolutely. And, the meal that they paid way too much for. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So like, let's start this off by saying, raise your hand if you plan on getting married anytime soon. All right. No hands. Very, it's a yeah. good thing that your hand yeah. didn't go up dead. Yeah. So, yeah. I was going to say, your hand's not up either. <laughs> like I got a huge surprise. I got to tell Cindy something. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or 10 years this just June. So, okay. So, anyway, yeah. So, leading back to that, I thought, well, what a good topic after we uh, talked on your show. And I don't even know where it came from, but it did. Wow. And we, we actually talked about this way back in 2020. And we thought, well, let's see what's going on with weddings because it's it's kind of a big deal to me that um, it's it's a giant speaking because if we're talking personal finance, this is a, oh like gosh. one of the biggest things that people don't understand in life that when you get married, how much damage that it can do to your finances for the future because of not because of the mental undertaking, but because of the cost that can weigh people back so much because they're so expensive, especially they don't get help that I don't think they calculate that because, you know, especially usually traditionally the, the woman, you know, her eyes on the prize more than the guy because she does most of the planning typically. And it wants all this to be this great day that no one remembers anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible, but it's so true. It's so true. So I thought, okay, well, I pulled up some stats and some of our old show notes and I thought, well, why don't we run through some stuff? And I figured that um, because you two are younger and you're getting to that range of, um, people in your 
like uh, peer group, they're going to start doing this. And I thought, well, what a cool topic. So, um, all right, before we start, before this, uh, just official for the record, please state your name and what you do for a profession and your age. Uh, I'll go first then. <clears throat> Didn't prepare myself. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm Chase. I am 22, turning 23 pretty soon, and I am a, a finance intern. Next. I'm Sierra. I have a podcast from Thrive Survive. I'm a personal trainer, actually, specifically for brides. I work with lots and lots and lots of brides, and I also work as an accountant, too. But that's, you know, my personal training is my big one with the brides. So that's kind of where I'm diving in today with this. All right. I think you guys, now we know for you, those of you listening, this is the younger side of the the discussion today. So we're going to get their point of view because a lot of ways you guys have to front the bills, too. So was I supposed to state my age? I guess I'm 24. I just turned 24. I sometimes think I'm 23. All right. Well, the only thing I can tell you is that it doesn't get any slower. So enjoy it. (laughs) All right, cool. So I thought, all right, so I dug up some stuff some info here and i thought i'd just go read through some basic stats to get us cooking here right and so it says here that 27 percent of people they get a um professional wedding event planner so that's probably your most expensive path wedding planner is the number one search term for couples when they are planning um the average cost for a wedding planner is about 1850 bucks and they seek services of a day coordinator while 30 percent opt for a full service inclusive planner. So basically when you get somebody like that, they're going to give you all these options. You're going to probably spend more money. I would definitely think that, right? Let's see what else here. 51% of women and 40% of men identify personal style as top priority in wedding planning. So what does that mean, by the way? You guys know? Personal Wait, you style, you said? That is personal style. Is that like what a farmhouse wedding? Maybe is that- they prefer personal style? Is that what that means? I don't know. I mean, I the way I interpreted it was like the most important thing when going uh, working with a wedding planner is incorporating their sense of style, I guess, instead of I don't know whatever the the planner has set out for them. I guess like I don't know important to have like which I think is where that like those um, farmhouse weddings and things you're talking right. about are like come from because people would rather do it you know this way because it's that kind of aesthetic that fits them and their them as a couple more or something i could see that i feel like chase is spot spot on yeah people say that a lot of chase (laughs) that's good good to hear well chase chase just found out a couple weeks ago that he was considered funny that yeah yeah i was at work and somebody said i didn't know you could be funny and i was like i don't know if that's a compliment or or what but but thanks i guess you know what add it to your resume add it to your resume can yeah, the be bottom. Funny. I'm funny. Can be funny. Yeah. A lot of employers would appreciate that. <laughs> All right. It says here that the average couple will spend twenty two thousand five hundred for their ceremony and reception. So that doesn't count the other stuff uh, in twenty twenty one. But that's down, I think, because of COVID. I remember back when we did it, the average wedding was starting to creep up somewhere toward thirty thousand. I think that's probably where it's going now. And it says. um, most couples underestimate their wedding ceremony and reception budget by nearly 45%. Jeez. Oh my ouch. Yeah. That's a huge number. That's, so that's, that's a lot more than you think. So basically that's, if you did this 22,500, they are getting to 30% or I'm sorry, 30,000. 30,000. Yeah. 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 Can I add one more statistic that I like looked up to see? It this doesn't just start at the weddings too. This starts from the engagement. They are saying now that people that are that spend two to four thousand dollars on a ring, this is just there. So they say the more expensive the ring, the almost the more likely the divorce, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> say because- that part again. So they, they, a lot of people say the more expensive the ring, the more likely the divorce which is interesting. And they say people that make, or that spend two to $4,000 on a ring are like, was it, I think it was like two and a half percent more likely to divorce sooner than people that spend between 500 and a thousand dollars on a ring, which was a really interesting statistic. Well, marriage is the, or that's a joke I made by accident way in the past. I almost said it again was marriage. Marriage is the number one cause of divorce. (laughs) 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 <laughs> You're not wrong. 
You're not, not wrong. wrong. Not You're wrong. not wrong. But actually, it's it's money. <laughs> well, since you since since you went there, so I did dig up some of our notes from the old podcast, and so this was back in again 2020. But at that time, it said the average cost was thirty eight thousand seven hundred nineteen. So that's, that's probably where it's going, right? It is, and especially with inflation, that number is probably going to get worse, right? They, this was from eighteen thousand U.S. based newlyweds. The ceremony itself, in your point, Ciara, was 29000 and change. Now, this is an interesting thing. Weddings are so expensive that 28% of couples around the world go into debt to pay for them. I believe it. I absolutely yeah. believe that one. I couldn't agree more. And on top of it, they buy a house. They buy new cars. Um, some of them then have kids right away. And, I mean, none of that's making you money. <laughs> No, definitely let me become an accountant. I guess, well, I guess we know Ciara's not having kids anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, unless you have a child project. <laughs> if your boyfriend's listening, I guess he's going to get a, a big clue right now. He's probably thinking, oh, no. <laughs> but I just gave him the option to get me like a $500 ring thinking, oh, we want the divorce. That's going to be his excuse. <laughs> yep. It's like, dude, I don't want to spend anything. I don't want to spend... <laughs> You know, oh when, when when Cindy Cindy and I got married, she just did she just got a band. She didn't want much, but we'd been married both before. Now she's spent way more on other rings and stuff later on in life than she ever did on the ring she got on her finger. She doesn't even wear that anymore because a little diamond even fell out. So we're still together. So I guess the theory's right. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some things that happened with the wedding, right? So you got the uh Aficionat, the cakes and desserts, invitation stationery, lighting and decor, dresses, flowers, photography, band, catering, 9000 for the venue. So that's on average. But now getting to your point, it says don't forget the engagement ring and honeymoon, which according to Wedding Wire, average around $5,000 and $4,500 respectively. So between the, the ring and the uh, honeymoon, that's another ten k. Yeah, I didn't even think about the honeymoon. That's... Well, that, that $5,000 average, that's why our national divorce rate is so high. Because they said between two to 4000 is like where you start getting into trouble. 5000 is above that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, you spend yeah, less on the ring and then you can spend more on the, more on the honeymoon. Uh, honeymoon. Yeah, there it is. Well, they get married, they come back, and then they're broke and they have a house with no furniture. With a kid <laughs> yeah. on the way. Yeah, with a kid on the way. <laughs> there we go. That Worst case scenario, now you're in debt. Oh, it's, uh, and there, so we'll go and we'll tap into something else that we talked about before that kind of relates to that, which is a great uh, question, which I know how you guys will answer it, but it's not how most people do it. So, and this is one other stat we dug out. So I'm kind of done with stats, but, uh, from our, the research that, uh, we had done in the past is the average age for people to get married is 32 and the average salary though, in the U S is 47,000, almost $48,000, but the median household income is 70 K. Okay. So if you put that in perspective to our point, so when you're ready to get married, if your household income is only 70 grand, if if that's even what it is, if you're spending 29 to 30 or 35 or 40, like you're you're just automatically um to me that statistic of saying, and that was a worldwide statistic, but in our country, I would venture to say that more than a third of the people are going in the debt from their weddings if they're having to pay for it. Well, yeah, I'm glad you like brought a single this person up. salary sometimes for an entire year. Like it's yeah. An absurd amount of money. I know people who are single living on 70,000 who think it's, you know, barely anything just getting by. And it depends, depends on where you even live on, you know, versus like some states are way more expensive than others. But I, I'm really glad you brought this point up because I think I said this on my podcast, one of the biggest things and like, it's gotta be one of the biggest red flags I ever see. And a lot of my friends that are now all married or engaged, actually, I'm going to go with engaged and not married yet. And or people that I'm talking to that I'm working with as clients, they all say, oh, we'll figure finances out. But right now we love each other. And I'm just like, oh, that's just that's not what it sounds good. That just sounds <laughs> like a problem waiting to happen. But yeah. I've actually heard that in more people than just one person thinking that. So it's actually a trend of don't worry about finances. We'll figure that out later. Love is love, which, OK, cool. Love is love. But. I'd rather understand, you know, if you're a huge spender and I'm a saver and now my salary is going to pay off your debt, this is going to be a really big problem. Can I tell you something? And this is what Cindy and I have always said, which most people don't agree with, especially those that are 
religious typically stick to this if their religions don't even allow them to divorce typically. So just that's just the background, okay, sure. coming from that. And you've seen this in movies a lot too where they'll say this phrase of love is unconditional. unconditional. <laughs> and we always say love is completely conditional. If I, if I started killing people with an ax, he's going to stop loving me after a while. But if you have money problems, all of a, that love will go away. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, I don't love you enough to stay with you. So the bond isn't good enough. It's to me, that's a huge condition. And people just, they just throw their caution to the wind, like you said, and they just go into it and they like, well, we'll just, we'll figure it out. Cause oh, I love him. So. Right. And it's usually the girls that say that. Honestly, it's like, honest to God, I hate calling us all out, but it's always the girls that say, oh, we'll figure it out. Go do, do it. Give us an invitation. But I love him. But I love him. I'll figure it out. Or what was it? One, one, it was like, oh, I'll go anywhere with him. I love him. We'll figure it all out. I'm like, that's just, it's, that's not how it's going to work. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with women. I wish we'd have more financial literacy, especially for women to teach us how to budget to really help us focus in our careers. Cause there's a lot of career women now, right? A lot of people, a lot of women are going into their careers, but at the same time, they're not learning to budget. I have lots of friends who are making lots of money who are literally blowing it every single weekend on new shoes, purses and clothes. I've never seen them wear more than once. And I've had a friend, she was in a job for three or four years, didn't pay rent, didn't pay anything. I thought she was saving this money. I, she asked me for help one day on how to buy a car. I was like, okay, how much do you have saved? She's like, oh, $2,000. I'm like, where is your money gone for three or four years? Like you haven't had to pay for anything. And she's like, oh, I've, I don't know where it's gone. I was like, <laughs> you know, it's just these small things where I'm like, this could have been built up. She could have been investing it. There's a lot of other things that she could have been doing. And I think it's interesting. So when women look for a guy, a lot of us will, you know, we, it's not a joke. They'll look for somebody with a really good job, a stable income because it's safe. They're not safe with their finances. And then they go with, I'll figure it out. And more than likely he's going to get upset. And I've seen this too. They get annoyed, they get upset. And then you start seeing the marriage collapse. So basically if they listen, when your episode with me and it comes out and they listen to it, I'm not going to get any new downloads. <laughs> <laughs> We, we went through this scenario. She was asking me all these questions and my, my first answer, you're screwed. <laughs> See, I just went into it. You gave them the straight answer. <laughs> yeah. You were trying to sugarcoat it like really nicely. I'm like, no, they're screwed. Nah. They're screwed. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's the truth. <laughs> You've seen it happen so many times. And I mean, I can honestly say myself, I've struck, I thank God I was not engaged, but I've struggled myself with a relationship where I was like, Oh my God, I've got, I've got to get out of this. Like, it doesn't matter what I've said. And Oh, well, we'll be together forever. No, I, this, it wasn't going to work financially was probably the biggest problem. And that did was in my think, early twenties. Did you ever think as, as sometimes girls will say, oh, I'd sleep on a, on a dirt floor. Which I, almost I, I don't think I went that far, but I will say, I think I could live in a small apartment the rest of my life. And I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> now when everybody else is out doing something else, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. At least when they're on a patio. <laughs> yeah. I probably wouldn't afford windows at that point where oh, my life man. was going. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe I may, maybe after um, they listen to you on this podcast, you're not getting any new downloads either. <laughs> <laughs> they are canceling all of us. <laughs> Chase, you're it. on your own until you get audited. <laughs> all right, perfect. Then we're all gone. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, the, All right, the one so thing I wanted to uh, go ahead. mention though was the um, kind of going off of people just saying, like, oh, we'll figure it out or whatever. We'll just, you know, spend $30,000 on a, a wedding or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's, I know it's not just me, but I, uh, I know there's other people that I know personally that think this way, but the, the idea of like a giant wedding and like all this, all this stuff, not even just because of like the money aspect of it is not like an appealing thing to me. Like I would rather have something like small with select people and just make it fun as, as fun as I can. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be this huge thing with all these decorations and and um like i don't know if, if you get what i'm saying just just make are it you more... talking more destination wedding not necessarily and just like i don't know i just think the to me like the idea of like a, i mean a, a traditional wedding can mean whatever it means to you personally but the way i think of a, a traditional wedding is like not appeal like this like it's they always think of them as being a huge um and and you know like like you said like costing so much money and having like all these these um people and like i would rather just have it very small just just make it fun and even i mean that would also help with the finances part of it but so um, how did you like it when cindy and i got married we had a 40 person wedding it was up uh, up oh, northern michigan off the water and uh, we had a ceremony there in the summer it, we dressed nice summer clothes and came back and, and we went to the cottage on the lake and we just had a chilled out relaxing time and you didn't have to get in the suits and it's kind of like what you're saying so exactly what i'm saying that that is definitely more my speed it it was a uh, really fun and we it was a very cool um location and um and you know it, it was it was memorable even though it wasn't some crazy huge extravagant thing it was just a in a cool place and we were with people that we um you know you know well and like and it was was fun so i would definitely want to do something more of that not even just for the finance part of it but we heard from a lot of people that that was like one of the best weddings they'd ever been to and the i think the point was when i that joke i made earlier was that you um actually have a chance to spend time and hang out with people and remember the day because those big ones you don't know what's going on and uh, the only way you can figure some of that out is looking at pictures and it's it's a whirlwind so are you really enjoying that experience so I was going to say something that's going to blow both of your minds. So I'm so with you. I've always thought if I get married, it's going to be probably my parents. I'm the only child, just me and my parents, maybe my three friends, and then maybe a couple people that they invite. You know, I never thought I'd have a big wedding. I personally don't want one, but my boyfriend, he's Egyptian. And I'm not sure if you guys understand culture. Um, oh, well, that, sorry. That sounds wrong. I know you understand <laughs> culture, but in their culture, weddings, they should be they small weddings are like 1500 people and yep. so when i heard this my mind was like whoa wait a minute i don't even know 1500 people <laughs> that would be me literally sending out an invitation on facebook and thinking all right well if you guys want to come open invitation type of deal i don't think i even have 1500 friends on facebook nor and would so you I'm want sitting to here thinking nor would i want to well, I'm sitting here thinking that's going to be a problem. That sounds super expensive to me. And that also sounds not extremely fun. I'm not a huge party person in large groups of people. So I was like, okay, this is where I think people also get tripped up in weddings. They go the FOMO route. They worry that they're going to miss out on something that, you know, maybe isn't even going to be that big. David, you said something at the very beginning. People don't even remember some of these weddings. And personally, I don't think I can remember a lot about the people's weddings I've gone to because it wasn't my special day. So the, whoever is special day it is, I do think it's more appeasing when it's people that it's smaller knit. You can spend, you know, relative amount, 
don't feel bad about it. Don't have that spending guilt. And you don't need 15,000 people, 1,500 people. 15,000 would be way too much. <laughs> have you, um, we, 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 we know like um, Chaldean weddings are like that. Um, so have you, uh, have you, have you planted the seed about this with uh, Mr. Egyptian man? Yeah. So I have said, where would I get 1500 people? And he said, people invite people in Egypt. So that that's going to be one of those things where he's not a very, I wouldn't say he, he's, in, he's very introverted. So I can't see him even wanting 1500 people. I think it will end up being, if, if we get married, hold on, this sounds weird. If we get married, it will be an, end up being a very small knit family, friends type of deal. And most likely we'd have it in two places. If anything, it wouldn't be destination, but his, most of his family over in Egypt, my family is here. So it'd have to be in two different places. Cause God knows my parents are not traveling to Egypt. They have out traveled themselves. My mom has told me she, I have to go up to her house if I want to get married, but they have nice acreage on the mountain. So that's okay. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. yeah whatever. It's a small little place, you know? Um, so this leads us to another question then what, um, how long have you been with your boyfriend? And this goes to you, Chase, Chase has a girlfriend, but in terms of oh. what leads you to the point of saying, I'm ready to do this. So if, if it's an okay answer to, yeah. to answer that question, how long have that's you been actually, with him? So I've been with him about a year and a half. Um, that's actually a good question on when am I ready to do this? Because I think that's both of his and I's question as well we're not really rushing into the idea of marriage just i feel like marriage is a lot of okay gosh i really hope nobody gets offended with this it's very if you're more religious it's more important for both him and i our parents are not pushing like a religion or a type of like oh you have to be married if you're going to be around each other if you're going to live together so we see it more as we need to build we talk about it a lot, like build an empire. So, you know, he's working, I'm working. We really want to get into rental rentals because I have quite a few Airbnbs myself. So we want to build a very solid foundation. Not only that, but we also want to make sure over the next couple of years, if something arises and we start hating each other, we didn't make the wrong choice. We got to see each other in like all sorts of lights. I think that's the best way. Um, so we're kind of on the same page as that. So that's a good question. I guess I'm not, I don't have an answer of, this is when, but you know, the goal is always when you date somebody to get married. So I we're heading answers that way. now, damn it. I need answers. Yeah, now. No. We're heading that way. Ask me in five years. <laughs> I yeah. can't see it within. I cannot see it within the first five years of, of dating somebody could not do that. Actually, Cindy and I got married pretty fast and I will tell you that was probably very stupid. Um, shorter than a year and a half. I mean, it worked out wow. great. Um, mm -hmm. But I will yeah. say that, I mean, it worked out. I couldn't even if I molded it out of clay, how well it has, has turned out, even with all, even some of the heartaches in life, we just were fortunate and maybe we just knew. But with that being said, we built a lot together. We have a lot of goals and planning of a lot of financial things and personal things. And that's how we, that's how you survive in any marriage anyway, or relationship. So I think, I think that part's cool what you're doing, because if you have to have, you have to have common goals, you don't have to be the same person. But if you don't have your eye on the prize together and have a pretty much united front, how you're going to achieve 80% of it. And yeah. then you can work out the 20% about your styles and methods and themes of how you feel you want to get to those other things. Then, you know, that's what's open for discussion, but that's how we've made it. I'm not a great example of that, but what we, you know, say to all the kids is like, man, wait till you're 30, wait till you have your own stuff. Like you're talking about, wait till you're cool on your wait till you, especially for females, but it does apply to both. Wait till you don't need a guy or do you don't need a girl? Even though you might have a girlfriend or boyfriend, it's cool. But where you like, hey, if I don't have anything, I'm on my own. I don't have the, the debt. I get some property. I got a stable job or, I, you know, I'm entrepreneuring and doing some side hustle. Whatever your life is, you don't have credit debt and all that crap. And it's all like nice and tight. Then you're ready to be on your own. So if you didn't have anybody, then you're cool. If you do have somebody and you not don't at that time, you have that in your background, then you can make your own choices because your choices are going to start changing like you've already kind of mentioned, you had a money thing with another dude and you don't want to go take on some other guy who has $50,000 in credit card debt because your standards change. And I know that's, that's what we tell like Chase and company. Um, that's what our opinion is. And there's, there's no rush. So, you know, I mean, Chase, you're not in any rush. No, I mean, I've been with my girlfriend for almost four years now and April will be four years. So definitely a while. Um, but we're both, 
on the same page where it's like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's like, it, it's not like getting married at some point doesn't sound like something we'd want to do or, you know, right. just like, I don't know, I'm just not thinking about it right now. We're just doing whatever we're doing. I mean, I graduated from college like six, eight months ago. Like what I'm not, I don't even like, I'm not even in the, the field I want to like really be in and neither is she at this point. So it's like, I don't know, just, just live and do stuff. I don't know. We want to, I don't know, we'd rather, you know, take some trips at some point that we went to Colorado recently and do more stuff like that. And like, I don't know, just not, it's just not on the radar. Just for whatever reason, it's not on the radar. All right. So before we run out of time, let's get to some other cool stuff here. And this leads us to the destination weddings. So this is what I'm always fascinated by that this has been piling up over the years. This doesn't count the pre the engagement party or the pre-engagement party and um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of stuff. I can't even keep up with it anymore, but the big one I've, and I've talked to enough people in their twenties that, um, you know, they say that the destination wedding is like killing their own budgets because so many people are getting married that they can't, especially if they're standing up in the weddings, they can't afford it. And so the, I guess my first thought, I don't want to say it's unfair because you're allowed to do anything you want with your choice. Um, but if you know, you got like a pack of five or six pretty good friends, which is pretty common is, do you ever maybe think that if they all had a destination wedding that maybe some of these people just aren't going to be able to go is a, it's like an interesting thing to, to consider that, um, I'm sure most people don't really think about too much. It's just kind of, you think of it probably in, in an ideal way, right? Like, you know, we're going to go here and it'd be awesome. And then these are the people that are going to, we're going to ask to be a part of it. And you just assume that it's going to work. It's going to, it's going to be cool. Um, I mean, I would definitely, if I would had the opportunity to be uh, in a wedding um, like that for, you know, for one of my friends or something like that'd be super cool. But I agree. Like if it was a bunch of people like that, that group of like seven or eight friends that I have that I'm really good friends with, like that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of money and travel and all that stuff. Well, I think what's uh, interesting about those destination weddings, and I've said, I think I've said this, I said this a long time ago, this was uh, the financially troubled relationship, but I've always said, if I got married, I'd have a destination wedding to weed out people I'd have to pay for, because most likely, <laughs> they wouldn't want to travel because it's expensive. Now, I would assume I would assume my, you know, like your number one best friend would try to budget that because like, hopefully it's reciprocal. And I know, I know the, the uh, my best friend, her and I plan trips all the time. She'd almost plan it for me um, type of deal. But I've never, that's funny that you bring up that point. I don't think I would have assumed I'd have to go to every single destination wedding, nor would I assume that they'd think I'm going to be able to. I think it's more if you're planning a destination wedding, you're really assuming the closest people to you, and this could be one or two other people, are going to be the ones that show up. And if you want a large destination wedding, maybe you can find accommodations for them. I'm not. Tickets are expensive. Tickets are getting really expensive internationally, depending on where you want to go. Yeah, the, we went to a destination wedding recently in uh, Florida. It was on a beach. Never That's been to cool. a beach wedding. Yeah, it, it was it was awesome. And I don't know what the trip cost us. Um, geez. Two, tickets to grand. Florida aren't even cheap at this point. Yeah, the, cheap, the tickets are really expensive, and they had to get them over Thanksgiving weekend. So um, it, it wasn't affordability for oh. us, but it was ser seriously expensive. And I got, like, the last two tickets, and I got them six months prior to um, before that wedding. And wow. it's your day, so you yeah. can do whatever you want. And I guess you have to decide how important it is to you. So if you're going to start losing people that are important to you, then is it worth having a wedding somewhere else for that memory? Is it worth this, what you remember that day? Because as we've already stated three times, you're not going to remember too much of it anyway. But this wedding we went to wasn't large and it was probably 40, 50 people. And so I know they remembered it and they had a good time and they partied. And even then with a wedding that size, you're hanging out with your little clique of people at some point. Anyway, you end up oh. gravitating to that said group. And it's not on purpose. It's just what happens when you're hanging out for six hours. And I think they're, they're, they're awesome in theory. I just don't, I just wonder, like, this is another burden on people that I think you have to put a lot of thought into it and imagine how it, it's hard to think when you're that age though, when you're in your twenties, right. you're not thinking about I'm introspective because I've been around and I've been married twice where it, it was like, we are only having 50 people max where 
in the past, I think these people are like, I'm just, I'm going to go kill it, bro. I'm going to have a good time. And like, they don't, you know, do they regret things later? Or sometimes it can put some dissension between some friends. And that's what some guys were telling me that I, I can't go. I want to go. And um, now I'm missing out on this thing. And now they're all coming back talking about how they had this great time and I wasn't able to be there. And actually it's not necessarily good for their friendships either. Well, you know, I think it's also taking into account like the age differences too. Like I feel like when you're getting married and a destination wedding in your twenties, a lot of people, at least the ones I've seen, it's, you know, how you plan college trips with your friends. It kind of ends up like that where it's nothing super extremely fancy. They all just plan this cheap trip to Mexico and they got married on the beach down there. Um, now I think the fancier wedding, that sounds like you came down here, it was planned out over Thanksgiving. That sounds a little bit different, maybe a little bit more classy and traditional, um, where it would be more expensive. And then now you're at the age where, you know, maybe you have to bring your kids. Somebody has to bring their, their three-year-old kids that doesn't qualify for a lap seat anymore. And all those, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) You're going to bring a kid on a plane and then do a wedding. I'm not going. Yeah. But like the age difference, because I wouldn't call it a shotgun wedding, but people do in their 20s, if they're doing destination weddings, I've seen it where they throw it together a little bit more loosely, where they're like, we're all planning a trip to, you know, Mexico, and you see you there, I'll get married and we'll party. But but it's not as traditional as other destination weddings could be as you get older and more sophisticated. All right. So we're going to wind up here pretty shortly. What do, do these clients of yours who are, and they get married, yeah. do they consult with you on this stuff or you just, you keep that separate? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm also a therapist, okay, <laughs> when I'm working with my clients and I hear all about their weddings. I've been, I went through a lot of struggles with the women that had 2020 weddings and they had to push back. One thing people don't realize in 2020, a lot of these wedding venues kept the money. They did not get their deposits back. They were not able to get the dates for the next year. A lot of people had a lot of sunk costs on these weddings in 2020. And I thought that was, that was pretty tragic. A lot of places were not um, budging on the contract, no matter if there was a pandemic or not, if you could hold a wedding or not. A lot of places weren't giving back money that, you know, if you can't have all your people show up because of COVID, we're not going, you already paid for 150 people. I don't care if 25 are showing up. So that was kind of tragic, but I definitely, definitely work with a lot of clients. They talk to me, they talk to me all about it. They tell me all about it. I actually, at the beginning of the podcast, have not heard anybody use a wedding planner though. So interesting enough, I've, nobody I've trained has been using a wedding planner. They're all usually in it for themselves. They are very stressed out about it, but they are making sure every single detail, everything is perfect for their big day. I wonder how many people would say after being involved like that, spending a year or so doing it all, and it's so stressful that by the time it's all done, I wonder how many people really would just say, if you ask them the question, was it worth it? I wonder how many would say I would have done it differently. I actually have had two clients say that. Two clients have said they would have done it differently. Um, And one of those was mainly because COVID was so wonky with it. She wished that she had just almost called the entire wedding off. And I remember going through with these struggles that it just wasn't worth it. It was just grab the deposit and just be happy with it because she just wanted to be with her husband. She didn't want to please everybody else which I thought was cute in the end. Interesting. I think that number would get pretty high. I think it would get very high. Give him a few years to think about it. All right. Well, I think we got to kill this off because I think Mr. Chase is um, going to a destination, but it's a haircut. And and can you tell that maybe he needs one? (laughs) Yeah, just maybe. Just maybe. Okay. So, so, so let's make it real quick here. Then if we could, um, if you could go to anywhere for a destination wedding, where would it be? That's hard. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it would, it might change if I was able to go there before, you know, getting married, but I've always wanted to go to Japan, but more specifically like in the North in Japan, um, some like beautiful scenery and, and, and mountains and everything up there. And I think it'd be really, really cool. I like that. Right. I like Japan. I would definitely right. say Japan or Swiss Alps. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, I, I don't count. I've already been married, but, um, <laughs> we were in, 
we were in Germany in the Czech Republic and Austria before COVID and um, it was beautiful out there. So you can, wow. yeah, this gets like, even when we got married off the lake, as long as you get a good scenery in the background, I think it just makes you feel real good rather than necessarily staying in a, like a hall inside of a building. So that's more fun that way. I agree. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we've concluded that we all feel that it's not because we're a finance show that we should take our time and don't make a hasty decision. And more than likely, you're going to regret that decision because you spent too much money because the divorce rate is 50%. So half of you listening that are married will be divorced or soon to be and within seven years. And we're sorry for that. Um, but I am a divorced person. So I've been there. So I can, I can say these things with a little bit of uh, snickering or, you know, some sheepishness at the same time, but also get away with kind of being a dick about it. But that being said, <laughs> no, in all fairness, like you never want anybody to get divorced. Um, but it's certainly a serious topic to really make sure that you think about it before you get into that. Yeah. When you're young, it's hard to look at it that way, but certainly really think about what you're doing and think about your goals and your planning together, not what's in front of you. The eye and the prize isn't actually what's in front of you. It's what's out there. And if you don't look like a forward looking vision, that's how you get into problems. And that's why you guys, I think, are looking at it the right way where you're just getting your ducks in a row and doing what you want to do and just getting your plan laid out because then you have more. And I always say this all the time, Sierra. It's always life's about options. The more you do right and the more you plan well and the more way you manage your money and your personal relationships, it just gives you more options to make decisions that come your way because you're not time boxed or you're not slotted into one hole. So. That's and my, I just want to add one thing. Yeah. If you think marriage is expensive, try divorce. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, you never stop paying on divorce. Let me tell you that. <laughs> That's awful. I should have never said that, but it came from me. <laughs> no, fair enough. I, I I feel your pain on that one. Although, you know, everything worked out in my end with uh, the guy in the middle there on the screen. So we're good, but um, it's all <laughs> well, right. All right, Chase. So I think you need the bail, but Sierra... Thanks for coming on. Great idea. And, um, you know, obviously we'll, you know, we can stay in touch and, um, you know, we started in podcast movement where we met and then I've been on your show. You've been on my show. So yeah. we, we love to build relationships here and keep in touch with, with, with fine people like yourself. So, so the, for the rest of you, that is going to end our show for today. So make sure that again, you catch us on all social media platforms at S O M M dot podcast. So until then, until next week, I am David. And I'm Chase. And I'm Sierra. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.